Welcome back to the Locks on Diamondbacks podcast. And on today's pod, it's Tuesdays with Millard. We recorded it on Monday, but this crossover with Sully Baseball dropping Tuesday as you guys are listening to it. And on today's pod, we were discussing the two big trades that happened Monday. Matt Olson to the Braves, Jesse Winker to the Mariners. This structure of this podcast is different than usual. We're only doing two segments, talking about the Braves trade in the first segment, and then we're talking about the Mariners trade in the second segment. So not three segments today. Me and Sully really dove deep in, on these two trades, so we're just going to make a two-segment podcast today. So hopefully the Locked On Network doesn't get mad for me for breaking up the structure a little bit, but I felt like this was the best-case scenario and made the most sense for this podcast today. So let's jump right into it. Daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back on the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. Miller Thomas still here. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, MillerThomas24, diamondmyportfolio.com. I'm there to see all my latest work, from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter, at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account, or just look up Lockdown Diamondbacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, thank you for making Lockdown Diamondbacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do, I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. And also don't forget to check out Lockdown MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available free and available wherever you get your podcast. Sometimes I slur my words. I'm sorry, y'all. But enough of the formalities, enough of the intros. Let's get into Tuesdays with Millard with Sully Baseball. All right, folks. It's another Monday with Millard. It's a Locked On MLB, Locked On Diamondbacks crossover. And news is coming fast. It's coming furious. There are cars flipping out of the sky and into buildings. That's how crazy it is. This podcast may be obsolete before I finish saying this sentence. But we're going to continue on. This is Locked On MLB. And hello, baseball fans. Welcome to the Locked On MLB, Locked On Diamondbacks crossover. This is our Monday meetup. We talk about all of baseball, all of Diamondbacks baseball, and some thoughts between two friends. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. And my my other host right over there, where I'm pointing to, if you're watching us on the YouTubes, that's Miller Thomas, host of Locked On Diamondbacks. And... You can follow Lockdown MLB at Lockdown MLB Pods on both Twitter and on Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter. Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Thanks so much for making it your first listen. Millard, where can people find your show? My personal account on Twitter is at CreatorThomas24. But if you just Google Lockdown Dimebacks, both Twitter, Instagram, and that little search bar, you can definitely find the podcast handle. Well, this episode is being dropped on the 14th day of March 2022, mm-hmm. and if you're following Lockdown MLB, this will be the third episode dropped since Sunday, okay? Ooh. We're coming in. We're coming in hot. Let me cool you off, Sully. Let me cool you off a little bit. Lockdown MLB has told us, yeah, the Lockdown Network says, you just give us three original episodes a week. I said, I'm going to give you three by the end of Monday, okay? Wow. Because that's how much that's how much the, this is happening. There's you know, we all were, were celebrating the end of the 
lockout. But now, you know, let's get to work. There's so many players who are available. Um, and and so let's go over the the. There's a couple of really big moves that yeah, took place since. Um, let's start at the Olsen trade. Okay. That Matt Olson was dealt to the Atlanta Braves. Now that has that that has shockwaves for a lot of different reasons. First and oh, foremost, yes. it means that the Freddie Freeman era is over in Atlanta. And while that is sad, um, there is a history of teams who have had a star player play their final game in that uniform with a World Series champion. I think of Pedro Martinez with the Red Sox, Rogers Hornsby with the Cardinals, uh, Catfish Hunter with the Oakland A's. There have been a lot of times, you know, Albert Pujols with the St. Louis Cardinals more recently. Uh, so uh, be grateful, Braves fans, that he gave you 11 wonderful years, and your final image of him is catching the final out to clinch the World Series. Uh, there is something, the one possible caveat that could extend the Freddie Freeman era in Atlanta is they have the universal DH now. Oh, Who yes. knows? But chances are they're not going to do this. Now, um, the he was dealt, uh, Matt Olson, all-star Oakland A's first baseman, was dealt to the uh, uh, to Atlanta, uh, and he did not come cheap. He did not come cheap. Let's talk a little bit about the fact that it cost Atlanta four players to replace Freddie Freeman here. Uh, yeah, and it was including, including yeah, I'm going to just <laughs> jump in a the highly touted uh, Christian uh, uh, Pache. Yeah, I don't know Pache. Uh, oh, Pache, sorry, Pache. <laughs> Christian Pache, uh, dynamite defensive center fielder, already has a World Series ring to his credit. Uh, he's going to fit right in in Oakland. Uh, and three other players who are among the Braves' top prospects. So uh, thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, this was a bombshell blockbuster of all deals. One, because we Freddie Freeman seems to be the hottest name in free agency right now. You could argue or quibble with Carlos Correa, but I think Freddie Freeman is the kingpin in free agency this year. And for the Braves, I mean, Freddie Freeman uh, – I mean, I don't know if it's about the money, but this guy is the face of the franchise. This guy is the heartbeat of the team. And to just be okay moving on from Freddie Freeman, I don't understand. Now, if you're the Oakland A's, like, I think you're okay moving Matt Olson because they got back a haul. I'm the guy that thinks prospects are generally overrated. But if you're going to get the, the top two prospects, according to MLB.com at least, if you're getting the top two prospects plus the sixth best prospect – plus the 14th best prospect. Like, you're getting four of the top 14 guys in the Braves organization. That's a ton. But if you're a Braves fan, you're like, why are we trading half our farm system away for a guy who's worse than Freddie Freeman? It doesn't make any sense. And Matt Olsen's a guy you're going to have to pay in two years. So you might not be paying Freddie Freeman right now, but he's only 31 years old. You could pay him four years, a fat deal, and still uh, get the best years out of Freddie Freeman. So I don't understand the whole point of trading half your farm system for a guy that's a little bit worse than Freddie Freeman, and that's going to be just as expensive in a couple of years. And this is, by the way, not a knock on Matt Olson, who's a fine player. Very good. Uh, but the fact that you, you you took the words right out of my mouth that, uh, again, this is not knocking. Everyone who thinks I'm on the verge of knocking Matt Olson, I am not. He's a wonderful player, and it's probably going to fit right in with Atlanta and do a good job. First base, 
strikes me as a pretty easy position to fill. There are always a lot of first basemen. Those are third basemen who break down and can move over to first base. Anthony Rizzo and Kyle Schwarber, not that Schwarber is a great defensive first baseman, but Anthony Rizzo is available. And you know, is Olsen better than Rizzo? Yes, but Rizzo would only cost him money and not a huge deal mm-hmm. and certainly not cost him four of their best young players. Again, you and I have talked about this, that you know prospects can be overrated. They're frequently overrated. Ladies and gentlemen, what would Gary Sanchez have gotten just a few years ago if they put him oh on God. when he was like, oh, he's got to – they were already uh, making a monument for him to put out in center field at Yankee Stadium, and then now he's like unceremoniously dumped. But uh, the A's got four prospects for a first yeah. baseman. And for a team that's rebuilding, one of the things that we did learn from – how you know, the successful rebuilds that uh, Chicago, the Cubs had, and that Houston had is a lot of times you trade for quantity as well. You try to get as try to get as many human beings just shoved into your system as possible, and some of those players will pan out, and some of them will just give them depth, and some of them might become trade chips. But I, I if I'm the A's, you know, if I'm an A's fan, I'm frustrated that the team is waving the white flag, but you can't ask for a better trade than this because. A couple of players they got are are have major league experience. Pache has a ring. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? if you're the A's, yeah, if you're the A's, you're like this falls right along right along with what we normally do, which is the whole money ball scheme where we don't have to pay players. So if you're going to trade one of your best players, it, it's a great haul to get back. And from the Braves' perspective, I mean, if you're looking at the numbers, I think Olsen's like ninety percent of Freddie Freeman. But if you're one of those people that really heavily weigh war. He had. Uh, a war that was one win better than Freddie Freeman. So according to war, he, he gives you more wins on, uh, you know, on an average basis than Freddie Freeman, even though I don't necessarily believe in war. I think Freddie Freeman is a better player. But you also have to take into account, I don't think people really care about playoffs as much in terms of these evaluation of players. And Freddie Freeman was just a big-time playoff performer. The dude was yeah. super clutch for the Braves. My homie, he used to bet on Freddie Freeman to get a hit every postseason game, and he just rode him through the whole pay, uh, playoffs and made so much money off of him. So I don't think we take you know playoffs and clutchness and big game intangibles into account when we're looking at these player valuations and Freddie Freeman, he's as clutch as any guy in the league. Well, yeah. And he was the face of the franchise, but you know, as I, as I mentioned before, so was Albert Pujols and the Cardinals moved on and you know, so was Pedro Martinez and the Red Sox moved on. I mean, there, there are many, many instances you can go down where the final image of a player for your team is in the world series and, you know, and I, I, I also firmly believe, especially in this age of free agency, that you realistically can't ask for more than 10 years from one of your players. Like he gave, I mean, he gave them over 11 seasons and some of them at an MVP clip and he leaves as a World Series champion. And so, uh, you know, I, 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 you know, if you're a Braves fan, you're sad to see him go, but you should also be grateful that you got his entire prime. Including yeah. his, you know, so, you know, as I as I scratch my nose in honor of Freddie Freeman. Um, but, you know, here's the deal, though. This the thing that also strikes me as odd about this trade is that this strikes me as the kind of move a team makes after they lose their star. Yeah. Like when St. Louis lost Pujols to Anaheim, then they turned around and signed Carlos Beltran. 
And that was kind of, and that actually wound up working out well for because Beltran had a couple of fine seasons for him. But and they actually got back to the world. They got back to the World Series in two years, uh, and the, the Angels did not. Uh, <laughs> but the the fact of the matter is, is that this felt like the kind of move that would be made after Freddie Freeman signed with Los Angeles or New York or Chicago or whichever team he was going to sign with. And instead, it's like, oh, he's still out there. Yeah. You know, so now it brings this brings up, you know, as we finish up this first segment, where do you think he's going? Because I actually thought he was going back to the Braves. I actually I I, I thought he was uh, I thought he was going to be that the Braves were going to say basically what you and I thought, which was this is only going to cost us money. And Freeman is as good as Olson and he means more to the Braves than any other organization. Let's work this out. Uh, so I'm really surprised that's not going to happen. Where do you think he's going to wind up? Yeah, that was a good point you made that the Braves did this before Freeman even signed because I don't know how much you follow like the NFL offseason, but we just saw Not this with, with okay. <laughs> As for so for the listeners out there, we just saw this in the NFL. The Broncos were a team that was really in on Aaron Rodgers, but once he re-signed with the Packers, they immediately traded for Russell Wilson as their contingency plan. But for the Braves, they basically plan A, it seemed like was Matt Olson because Freddie Freeman is still out there, and you ask me, where do I think he's going next? I mean, it feels like the premium was maybe too high. The price tag was too high for Freddie Freeman, so the Braves decided to just step out of the bidding race, but they still had to pay a premium for Matt Olsen and, you know, the Hall of Prospects they gave up. Yeah. So in the end, they're going to pay a premium either way, and they're going to have to pay a premium down the line with Matt Olsen unless they're going to flip him for prospects, you know, a different haul down the line. So we'll see what happens there. I Like you said, I think it would just been smarter to get Rizzo or Kyle Schwarber, a guy who could get mm-hmm. you, you know, 25 home runs and be a really good first baseman. And so trading half your farm system for uh, Matt Olsen. But to answer your question of where I think Freddie Freeman is going, I mean, it feels like the Dodgers are the favorites, but I thought they were just kind of in the race just to drive up his price tag. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the Dodgers went out there and signed him, but – I have to feel like the Yankees are, are sniffing around this because he just seems as a lefty at bat, big time power bat, the kind of dude who's playoff proven and has done everything on a big stage. He seems to be like the kind of dude that can reignite that Yankees culture of winning because it has something that has not gone on a lot in recent Yankees history, especially the last 20 years since 2004. So I look at that. It seems like all the AL East teams are kind of rumored. The Tampa Bay Rays, the Blue Jays, the Blue Jays would be interesting, but they got Vlad Guerrero Jr. Yeah. Would have to yeah. Make Freddie Freeman, the full-time DH. I just think there's a lot of redundancy there in that lineup. So Tampa Bay, they never went out there and signed the big money free agent, but he does, Freddie Freeman does seem like a Tampa Bay Ray in terms of culture and fit, but I, I feel right. like the Yankees are the team to watch in this Freddie Freeman sweepstakes. Yeah, I think he's going to go to Los Angeles. I think that's where I think they're going to be. But there is something to look at the fact that the there's like a little bit of bitterness and angerness in Yankeeville, especially with all it's like it's like playing deal or no deal, and you have all the suitcases, and one suitcase was Correa, one suitcase was Story, one suitcase was bias one suitcase was semi and one suitcase was seager and they got kiner falafa and <laughs> who's like and not with, 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 i don't know with Correa and stories Correa and stories still available uh it, it, i still don't understand the trade we talked about that ad nauseum in the last couple episodes um i i get the sense that a signing of a huge legit star especially one who could break up a very right-handed heavy lineup uh imagine having Judge Freeman Stanton in the middle of that lineup. And that may take pressure off of Gallo, who had a disastrous half season with uh, the Yankees. 
I, st- I mean, again, I'm praising Rizzo left and right. Rizzo fit in perfectly with the Yankees. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'm kind of surprised they haven't resigned him. But uh, I think the Yankees are as likely as any team. I think Los Angeles is going to be the team that ultimately signs him. Uh, but that's, uh, you know, we don't know yet. Sully and I will discuss that Jesse Winker trade to the Mariners, but it's that time of year again. That's college basketball's tournament. It's finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, betonline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information needs, including live betting in your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. Bet online where the game starts. Also, it's that time of year again that I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar. And have you tried the puffs? They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're absolutely delicious, and like all Built Bars, covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. The reason why I love Built Bar is because I think that I'm eating a candy bar when in reality, I'm actually eating a protein bar that's low in calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, so it's great for that keto diet. Just go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15, for 15% off your next order. Promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back to the podcast. All right, uh, Miller Thomas here on our crossover that we do. Uh, Another... Let's just we talked about the the Olsen deal. Uh, yep. Let's talk a little bit about what the Mariners did. Uh, the Mariners just made a very interesting move uh, when they picked up uh, uh, Winker and Suarez from mm-hmm. the uh, Cincinnati Reds. Uh, now, one of the players they they sent packing to the uh, to the Reds. Uh, they they sent a couple players, one of whom was a. Uh, one of the key from the uh, trade with the Mets, the Cano trade. Uh, it looks like this player, um, uh, is it Williamson is his name, is a, is a legit pitching yeah, prospect. Who, yeah, who's going to the Reds. Uh, obviously, the Reds are in full rebuilding mode. This is an interesting move for the Mariners. Uh, Seager is no longer their third baseman as he retired. Winker is going to fit right into an outfield that has a lot of young players on the team. Uh, Suarez is going to join Toro in an interesting infield. If, you know, Hanniger, Kalenic, and Lewis could gel as outfielders, Seattle, who, lest we forgot, won 90 games and picked up Robbie Ray, your old buddy Robbie Ray, is yeah. now in Seattle, the old reigning pal. American League Cy Young Award winner. Um, you know, they needed some extra bats and they needed some depth. They got a decent bat and some some depth in this is a this is an interesting trade even if it cost them a quality pitching prospect. Yeah, I like the trade for the Mariners more. I feel like more people are team Cincinnati Reds because people hate the money owed to Suarez and they hate how like Winker's a glorified platoon player. But look, even though Winker's way better against righties or wherever the splits are, 
He's still, if you look at his final stat line, it was still good enough to be an MVP level player. His career yeah. OPS is like borderline 900. Like Winker throughout his career when playing a full season of games is a very productive player. So even though his splits are definitely skewed, I still think he's an all-star level plus player. And for Suarez, the money owed to him, the dude is making $11 million per year. It's not like right. he's making 25 some crazy number. He's not that highly paid at least in terms of my opinion and still he's only two years removed from a 49 home run season yes the man hits below the mendoza line nowadays but he still could get you an 800 plus ops still has a pretty respectable walk rate and he's still a power bat so for the mariners i like this as an all-in move they're trying to end the you know the longest playoff drought in the four major american sports so i like this move as a win now move and for the reds they just seem to be cutting salaries this offseason if you look at yeah. all their moves like they cut Miley for no reason, who was their best pitcher last season, arguably. They just mm -hmm. did this move. I, I believe I saw someone get out, and I actually had to fact check it. Ken Griffey Jr. is their sixth highest paid player going into next season. That is crazy to think about. I didn't even know this man was still getting paid by a Major League Baseball team. And to find out he's going to be one of the sixth highest paid player on the Cincinnati Reds, I don't care. We had this whole lockout to help, you know, competitive balance and all this stuff. And the Reds, the first thing they're doing after this lockout is like, we're getting rid of our, of getting rid of all our best players, and we're trying to cut salary, and we're trying to take next season. It's really, it's really a shame, because the Reds, you know, obviously they have the great tradition. They play in a wonderful ballpark that should be showcased in postseason, and the Reds should be a team like the Red Sox in that they're a team whose history is very deep. You know, the, the roots are very deep. But one of the re reasons why the Red Sox have their great popularity is, a obviously, there's a tradition that's been held down from generation to generation, and that's happened with the Reds as well. But it's a there are a bunch – there's obviously Boston, but there's all these other cities in New England who gravitate as Red Sox cities, whether it's Hartford, Worcester – you know, uh, you know, Portland, Maine, all all the cities in Vermont, all the cities in New Hampshire. And you can look at the Reds and see Louisville, Frankfurt, Canton, Columbus, all these areas in Kentucky, Indiana you know, should be going into Indianapolis, that you should have this regional pull from all of these you know, smaller cities, but some of those are, I mean, Columbus is not a small city, you know, mm. uh, you know, and Louisville is not necessarily a small city. These should all be Reds cities and they should have that kind of regional pull. And you have a, you have a hall of famer in Joey Votto at the center of this, and they've not been able to seem to be able to tap into that. And I think no small part of it is, Every time they put together a halfway decent team, you know, since the 2010s, when they went on a nice run in the 2010s and they got within one Scott Rowland ball hooking foul uh, away from going to the National League Championship Series, uh, they've not been able to get their act together. And, you know, they, they played in the, uh, what was it, the, the extended playoffs in 2020. But there's, you know, the Reds should be, uh, a beloved team with with regional with a giant region to pull from, and it's a shame that they're in constant rebuilding mode. 
Yeah, and it doesn't seem like it's going to change anytime soon because if you look at that roster right now, there's already been a whole bunch of rumors around Luis Castillo and players like that. And we already saw trade one starter. I already forgot, but Sony Gray. Gray, Yeah, Yeah, he was moved earlier in the week. So I think this is going to be a team that kind of blows it up going into the near future. Like Joey Votto, that's someone in his late 30s coming off a resurgence season. I have wondered and questioned, you know, how he was able to have that resurgence in power a little bit. You know, he was like a 10 home run. I don't know what you're saying. I don't know what you're saying. I'm not saying anything. I'm not, I'm not saying anything. So I'm just saying, look at the numbers, but yeah, the Reds are a team that looks like they're about to put up because I don't know exactly what their direction is outside of just trying to acquire prospects at this point of their franchise's history. So we'll see what happens with the Reds, but it definitely seems like they're trying to get on that Pittsburgh Pirates and Baltimore Orioles level entering. And it's a shame. And think about it, those are three of the best teams of the 1970s, like three yeah. powerhouses of the 1970s were the Royals, not the Royals, uh, the the Reds, the Pirates, and Baltimore. Yeah, I watched and, a lot of uh, 70s games. Those are great times back then. I love 70s well, baseball. Look, at, you, you know what you should watch? There's a lot of those games. Are, I mean, again, I, I'm in the middle of this this writing project where I'm yeah. watching the, so many of the play games from that era, but like it's it's fast paced like the, the the games are like two hours and 15 minutes and there's there's steals it's fast paced baseball and star studded it's really pretty amazing and an era which while it was happening people were saying man baseball is just not as good as it used to be and then you look at it this is pretty amazing but mm-hmm. everyone always says the era they're watching is not as good as it used to be I bet there was someone who said, you know, Willie Mays, uh, I don't know. He's not, you know, he's no Joe DiMaggio. But Yeah, um, baseball might be the only sport where that statement is true, where it's actually better, you know, if you go back further into baseball history than it is right now. Basketball, football, I argue this generation is better, but baseball might be the only sport where it's like, uh, kind of like watching the whole game a little better than this three true outcome game. Well, you know, yeah, the three true outcomes, I think, I mean, they're the three most boring outcomes when you think about it. A strikeout, yeah. you walk off. A walk, you, you just walk. And while home runs are great, uh, to me, the most ex- – I think I said this to you. I think the most exciting play in baseball is the inside-the-park home run. Mm-hmm. You know, I love triples. I love people going from first to third. I love there being action on the field. You know, when a ball clears the wall, yeah, you cheer, but then everyone just sort of trots home. I'm like, I like – when you're – a bases-clearing triple, to me, is like the most exciting play – you can have. There's a wonderful play in a playoff game in 1995, the one game playoff between the Angels and the Mariners. And it was a very close, the final score was nine to one. So if you took a, gr- a glimpse, you would say, oh, the Mariners blew the door off the dump. But it was actually one nothing in the seventh. It was, it was a tight game until the seventh. And they loaded the bases and the Mariners had stars and studs in their lineup. But it was Louis Soho, of all people, later a Yankee, who hit a ball down the right field line. And it cleared the bases, and the ball went wide of the catcher. And Soho scored. So it was the equivalent of an inside-the-park grand slam that essentially sealed the West for the Mariners. And I'll never forget John Miller calling the game. And his voice kept raising with each run like Blowers has scored Tino Martinez has scored and they all have scored and here comes Soho save and and the place was going bananas you could see Mark Langston former Mariner who was pitching for California having this look on his face and going I can't believe we're going to lose this game I'm pitching the game of my life and we're going to lose it and 
I think it's, that's one of the most exciting plays I've ever seen in my life. And it's because of the action and it was two outs and every runner running. And I love that brand of baseball and the, that was taken away during the steroid era because it didn't matter if you stole a base, they just get on. Mm-hmm. Cause when a home run hits, we want to be a three run home run. That's why walks were so valued. Just get on. Cause some guy with horse serum injected into his buttocks <laughs> is going to come up and check swing a ball into the upper deck. Who gives a damn if you can steal a base? I'm convinced Ricky Henderson would be stealing 25 bases a year if he played right now. Not even that many, probably. Yeah. And I love stolen bases. I love that excitement. And, you know, I think every team is moving towards the the three sure outcomes, and those slow the game. By their nature, they slow the game down. Yeah, how do we get less stolen bases but more pitch outs? I don't really understand how that math works. How do we have (laughs) – it just doesn't make any sense to me. So, yeah, I I, I totally agree. We need more action on the bases. That's it for this edition of the Locked on Dimebacks podcast. Shout out to to Sully Baseball for this crossover doing my weekly segment with me. We got part two with Sully Baseball coming in later this week, either Wednesday or Friday. depends on other baseball news that drops, but we got to discuss that Ian Kennedy news. So we'll probably drop, I I don't know, it'll come either Wednesday or Friday, but we'll discuss the Ian Kennedy news later in the week. We're going to discuss the Gary Sanchez trade on that part two with Sully Baseball. We discuss some Padres talk, the Suzuki rumors uh, on that crossover Sully Baseball too. So we still got a whole bunch I want to talk to you guys about pertaining to free agency moves that already happened later in the week. There's just so much baseball talk, so we really didn't get a chance to talk about it on today's pod, but it will be coming very soon, so stick with me. Please, as always, come back either tomorrow or Friday for more Locked on Dimebacks news coverage and insight. And as always, stay safe and stay healthy. Deuces!